This is the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank, and it's Friday, January 20th, and the playoff run continues for the Jaguars. I'm J.P. Shadrick with the best of one of the wildest weeks in recent memory, a final look at the greatest comeback win in Jaguars history, and a look ahead to the AFC Divisional Playoff game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Thanks for listening on Jaguars.com through the podcast link at the top of the homepage or on the official Jaguars podcast network. That's on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. We love feedback, of course, so leave us a comment and a five-star rating. Let's start with a reaction from the locker room after last week's stunning win. The Jaguars trailed 27-0 to the Chargers and rallied to win the AFC wildcard playoff game 31-30. It's the third largest comeback win in the history of the NFL playoffs and the largest in Jaguars history. Quarterback Trevor Lawrence threw four first-half interceptions and then later threw touchdowns on four consecutive possessions from the end of the second quarter through the fourth. Trevor Lawrence after the game. Coach showed a video of, I don't know if you guys heard of Jocko. You guys can look it up. It's this video where he talks about good. And it's like, no matter what happens, that's your response. Good. You know, threw four picks in the first half. Good. You know, he showed that back in, I don't know if it was training camp or during the season, maybe when we were on that losing streak. I don't know when it was, but that's just been our mindset. You know, then we say it on the sideline joking around. One of the linemen, I forget who it was, said to me after I threw three or four picks, he was like, good. <laughs> just looking at him like, all right. All right, not, not the time, but, you know, it's just, it's just the, the mindset of this group. And like I said, you can't make a living on, on doing it the hard way all the time, but um, it's, it's, you're going to have to sometimes, and that we had to tonight, and we, and we were able to get it done. Wide receiver Zay Jones had a key touchdown reception, and after the game, full confidence in the quarterback. From playing football, watching football, I know a lot of quarterbacks would have folded in that situation that he went through. That's tough for anybody at any level, and for him – just to be as poised and composed as he was, it showed another side of who we have on this team. I mean, that guy right there, standing right there, that's a special man. And I'm proud to be a part of a team that he's on. And I am glad that 16 is leading us. <laughs> His demeanor, could you tell he had thrown four? Just the way he kind of stays there, even now? There were signs of frustration. I'm not going to lie. but. His self-talk, the way he was still analyzing the game, he came over to me and was like, we can't score a 27-point touchdown. It's just got to be one play at a time. And he was like, all we got to focus on is the now. Those were his words. And I have never been a part of anything like that before. That was something truly uh, special. That was a miracle, man. Glory to God. That, that was so awesome to be a part of, man. I'm so happy. The defense did their job, too, allowing only one made field goal in the second half, and they got off the field in key moments. Linebacker Foyer Oluokun. I mean, the odds, I told them boys, I don't like my odds, but I love my chances. Like, as long as there's a little probability of winning at all, we're going to keep fighting. And when we saw the thing, the table started turning, we had momentum, we kept that. Just keep getting the ball back to the offense. They started rolling. Um, I, don't, I couldn't pinpoint an exact time, but when we started making them punt, we started scoring. I think that was a touchdown to Evan maybe over the middle. You know, once we saw we had a, a larger chance, you know, might as well take it. Hey, Foyer, first career playoff game for you. Is this one, especially with the way it went, that you'll remember forever? Yeah, probably, yeah. That was crazy. Uh, we were down and we won. I just love the way the boys came together as a team when things got hard. We went in the locker room. Everybody was pretty calm. We said, you know, we're not playing well. Let's play better. And uh, everybody said, we're going to play better for our brothers. You know, buy some more time for our brothers. And when we came together like that, uh, everybody's accountability went up and we all played hard and, you know, came out with the win. 
Head coach Doug Peterson right after the game was still exhausted from one of the wildest games he's ever experienced. Yeah, I just, um, my hat's off to our guys, our team. Um, I told them after the game that, you know, other than obviously winning the Super Bowl uh, a few years ago, greatest coaching victory um, as a team, this one, this one's right up there with it. And uh, my hat's off to our guys for just battling. And, uh, you know, as deep a hole as we dug in the first half, you know, there was, there was, you guys have, you know, been around our team, you know, there's no quit in our guys. And uh, they did an outstanding job, obviously, in the second half. And uh, Riley kicking that ball at the end was uh, obviously a thing of beauty. Doug, from your perspective, having played quarterback, can you relate and give us some appreciation for what Trevor did tonight, throwing four picks and then rallying back with four touchdowns to yeah, get I the sure win? Yeah, I sure can. I sure can. I played with one of the greatest quarterbacks ever in, in Brett Favre, and there were times when you know he didn't have a, a great first half and came back in the second half and, and uh, could light it up. And, and that's, what, that's what I love about Trevor and, and his demeanor and, and uh, his aggressiveness and um, the ability to just forget and move on. Um, but he'll be the first one to tell you that it's not, it's not about him. It's the guys around him, too. Made, made plays. Protection was good. Uh, receivers were doing a nice job being where they needed to be. Um, but, uh, you know, from an individual standpoint, it was, uh, this is really a, a great performance by our quarterback. Coach, what does it say about this team that they never flinched down that much and just kept fighting back? I mean, it's everything. You know, it's, it's just what I told them at halftime. You know, it's kind of like our season, you know, and, and um, you know, we've put ourselves in a hole at times, and then we've, we've worked ourselves out of it at times. And, and uh, just to have uh, the resiliency and the, and the fight and the desire and the, um, the ability to continue to play, you know, because it could have easily gone the other way, right? Um, and, and that's what I'm so proud of these guys for. Um, everything's on the line, and, uh, you know, they go out and get the job done. As the week moved along, players still took a moment to reflect on the historic nature of what they accomplished last week, including defensive lineman Arden Key. It was crazy. I, I, I couldn't I, – I didn't process it until I – Got to the crib and man, that that was that was crazy. Just the way it went and just during the game, like the first quarter, just everything that was going on. Four picks, then we had the punt return, hit off Clay uh, helmet. It was just a lot of stuff that was going on. It was almost I was asking God, like, "What's up, God? Like, <laughs> this how we, we come this far and this how we doing it?" Um, but like, it goes back, like we don't we never waver. We keep fighting. We keep fighting to zero zero and look what happened. Christian Kirk in his weekly routine found himself looking back early in the week. I watched it on tape twice and you know you, it's it's very common especially for me you know I kind of click through it and I don't really look at you know the time or you know score I kind of just look at the plays individually and the second time around I was able to just see uh, it flashed up you know 27 to zero and you're just like wow you know and you, you, you kind of put yourself in perspective of somebody watching the game. And, you know, it's, it's crazy just how it, how it was all able to, you know, flip for us, you know, getting a score before halftime. And then the second half was just, you know, one for the books. But I think I said it Saturday night. I don't, I don't look forward to doing that again. <laughs> Sound from the locker room after last week's game available on Jaguars.com. Moving now to Jaguars Happy Hour Radio Monday. Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli, and I reflected two days after the comeback victory. We welcome in Tony Baselli. And Pete, 
beat Frisco, and in the most dramatic way imaginable, the rarest of rare Baselli Frisco double locks came through and remains undefeated. Good. I mean, was there ever a doubt? <laughs> uh, no, there was no doubt. There was no doubt. Once we double lock, we're two and zero with double locks now. Uh, by the way, anybody asking? No, I'm not prepared to do a double lock this week. In case you're wondering. Well, in full transparency, uh, Pete might have texted me during the game when we were down 27 nothing <laughs> <laughs> about our double lock not looking too good. <laughs> I mean, you know, everybody was out there cursing you, and I got dragged in, so I wanted to make it, I wanted to make it uh, apparent to you that I just was along for the ride. <laughs> That's all it was. Uh, look, Tony said, uh, "Well, was it?" 12 weeks ago that Jackson will be playing maybe even it might, that might even been 15 weeks ago that they would be playing a big nationally televised game on NBC against the chiefs. He was just, a, he's just a little late with that prediction. That's all. Cause that's what they're going to be doing. I, I mean, thought it was gonna, look, I thought it was, I thought it was gonna be week nine, Pete. It ended up being week 20, but close enough. Good enough. Good enough. Uh, by the way, I, I looked up this Jocko good. Uh, hey, uh, Trevor, you throw one more pick and it wasn't going to be good. So I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, you, know, you know, I get it. It's like, oh, good. You're OK. You can come out from underneath it. I understand that whole premise, but it wasn't good. Uh, but what was good and we'll get into all this, but that that second half was incredible. It really was. It, it was uh, remarkable to see that happen the way it did because I didn't see I didn't see it coming. Once they got one though, at the end of the half, and then they got two, you could almost sense the Chargers charging. It was happening before your eyes, uh, and then they got three, and then next thing you know, okay, here they go. But I mean, it, it was it was amazing to watch. It really was. But Pete, the one thing you're right. Four interceptions was terrible. At one point, I was like, oh, my gosh, are we going to throw 10? I mean, that was it was like one series after another, the turnovers, the you know, it was it was as ugly as it gets. But to me, one of the most impressive things about that game was, yes, the team never quit. They kept on playing. Obviously, great leadership from Doug. There's no doubt about all that is true. But I, I know you appreciate this, Pete. The mental toughness you have to have as a quarterback to go throw four picks and not go into the tank and not to have your head down. And a lot of guys and guys who've had success in this league would not have been able to do that. They wouldn't have made it. And the fact that he overcame that is so impressive to me. I agree with you. And I even sent out a tweet during the game. I said he's got that glazed over look. And you've seen it from many a quarterback. I joke around about it with Kirk Cousins all the time with with Rick Spielman. You, you see him get that look on their face, and there's nothing they can do to get out from underneath it. Well, he got it, and he came out from underneath it. That doesn't happen. That does. You're right, Tony. It doesn't happen. Jaguars Happy Hour Radio airs Monday, four to six p.m. on 1010XL AM, Jaguars.com, and the Jags social channels: Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. On Jags Drive Time Wednesday morning, former Jaguars running back and NFL Network analyst Maurice Jones-Drew joined Brian Sexton and John Osier and explained what he's liked about the Jaguars team starting midseason. Well, I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, during that coaching search, I, I got opportunity to talk with uh, Shad Khan, and, and we, we kind of talked for about two, like I would say about an hour and a half, two hours, 
and just breaking down different candidates. And, and, you know, he talked about Doug Peterson and what he liked about him. And I, I actually was like, you know, I, I really like Doug Peterson. I love that he's a former player and he gives you – he's a uh, problem solver. And I, I think that as a head coach isn't valued enough, right? A guy that can solve problems for your quarterback or help your quarterback solve problems. Um, and to me, that was always the big, the big question. Last year, uh, there wasn't enough quarterback resources – on that team to help Trevor as he got stuck into some situations, right? It caused a little bit of frustration. You know, guys are used to winning, whatever it might have been. Well, you bring in Doug Peterson, you have uh, Mike McCoy as the quarterback coach, you have an OC, you have a ton of knowledge all around your quarterback to give him opportunities, and you saw spurts. You saw times where the Jags would be able to score points at will and play really good defense, and it was just trying to get it all together. And so I, I really feel – it was after that Chiefs game where they, they played really well. And offensively, they kind of stumbled a little bit in the red zone. Um, and it was like, okay, if they could get this thing, put this thing together, they'll be okay. And I, I feel like right after that bye week, you started to see them play different. And so to me on that show, it's like, look, it's, it's, I'm going to always root for the Jags, but this isn't just like me rooting for the Jags. This is actually it's something that's going on. They have a lot of talent on this roster. They have young, a young nucleus that can, that can play really well. And they're going to continue. They, they continue to fight. And so to see uh, all those things kind of happen down the stretch uh, was awesome. And, you know, you always wish for that. Like when I was there, we always wished that we could play well in the second half and do all those things. Well, these guys are actually doing it, which, again, is, is big time. Jags Drive Time, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday mornings on Jaguars.com. In a moment, we look ahead to the Kansas City Chiefs, including Doug Peterson's relationship with Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. Plus, Kevin Harlan of Westwood One Radio and Mike Tirico of NBC Sports will each have the call of the game Saturday. All that after this. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSP, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. And the Duval Divisional Watch Party is coming up Saturday, January 21st at Daly's Place. It's presented by Farrah and Fair, the official personal injury law firm of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and by Patron Tequila. Lots open at 3 o'clock. Gate 1 opens at 3.30. The game kicks off at 4.30. Reserve your free seats at Jaguars.com, and it should be an overflowing packed house at Daly's. Let's look ahead to the Kansas City Chiefs and the Jags' opportunity this week in the AFC Divisional Playoff game. Many are saying the Jaguars are playing with house money by getting this far in the playoffs and that the season is a success no matter what happens. Well, that might be true, but head coach Doug Peterson knows they're still in the tournament until they're knocked out of the tournament. Whether it's our money or house money, um, we're here. And uh, it's a credit to those players in the locker room and the coaching staff for, you know, believing in each other, obviously working hard. What we've done down the stretch, you know, regardless of the mishaps, we're here. I, I try to block out the best I can with the team. You just block out the noise. You block out the negativity. You block out whether it's lack of respect or whatever. You know, we have a young quarterback, whatever it might be. You know, we're one of four in the AFC left. That says a lot. It says a lot about these guys. And, um, you know, we're excited for the opportunity. 
It's also been a long season for the Jaguars. They played in the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio in early August, and now they're in the AFC Divisional Playoff game January 21st. Peterson knows that youth could be helpful. Maybe that's the reason why they're still going is they're young. But sometimes, you know, that that's a good thing, you know, because there's a lot of energy with these guys. Look, that's also part of winning, you know, um, each year. You know, you you're, you want to be here again next year, right? And and be talking about the same things. And and you have to condition yourself. You got to condition your mind, your body, everything to be playing football in January and February. That's just that starts in the off season, builds through training camp. So if you're conditioned that way, you don't worry about it as much. Now to offensive coordinator Press Taylor. Back in week 10 in Kansas City, the Jaguars left plenty of points on the field, something they cannot afford to do this time around. You know, we missed a lot of opportunities. Obviously, they're a very good team. you got to take advantage of everything. You know, we stole a little momentum early with the onside kick, and then, you know, the second or third play of the game, I believe we dropped an opportunity at a 40-yard ball, puts us in the red zone. We stole possession with the onside and then didn't do anything with it, ended up punting it. I think we punted it in the end zone. So we didn't we didn't gain anything out of that. Uh, there were several other opportunities where we had opportunities to make plays, and make plays, you know, whatever that may be. We had some issues just dealing with the noise, going on the road. Wide receiver Christian Kirk went over 100 yards with two touchdowns that day at Arrowhead in a losing effort. This week, he talked through the Chiefs' defense. The Chiefs are very dynamic on defense and what they do coverage-wise. They like to bring some blitzes, which, you know, allows them to play some man coverage, and we were able to, you know, take advantage of that at times, you know, but the pressure got there. So, you know, we're, we're going to try to look at, you know, what we did you know, well against them, and I'm sure they'll have a plan, and, you know, we're just going to have to go out there and, uh, you know, take it one play at a time. Now to the Jaguars on the defensive side, and defensive lineman Arden Key explained the pass rush for the Jags the last few weeks finally getting jump-started. I think it's just, you know, our first time being around each other, for having the first D coordinator, just the whole thing, we just finally found who we are as a um, defense as far as rushing the passer, and I believe it's the four-man front. We, we, it, with Casey, we got to come alive, four-man front. We got to come alive because them guys need help in the back end to cover. So we got to rush four. We got to come with some five. We got to come with some three, just different. We got to throw different things at Patrick Mahomes so we can get turnovers and hit him. Outside linebacker Josh Allen has full respect for the weapons the Chiefs have, but he knows the Jaguars' defense must handle their own business. It's all about us. It's all about how we come out mentally, ready to play, how physical is the game going to be, and can we tackle well in the open field, and can we be where we need to be. If we do that, man, we dictate this game. Cause we can play. I think we can play against anybody, and uh, I'm not knocking nobody. We know what that type of offense they have, but at the end of the day, it's about us. Cause we got to get to. We got to get to somewhere. And this is another team in a way. It's an important game because it's the next one, and that's the mentality that we all have. And finally, Zay Jones this week, the Jaguars' wide receiver. Yes, it's a beautiful time to be a Jaguar. We earned the position that we're in, and, and we're here now. And there's what there's four teams remaining in the AFC. Fourteen. I mean, it's and we're one of them. You know, so we. It is a beautiful time to be a Jag, and we look to continue it moving forward. We got to handle business each and every day. And what I'm going to cherish the most about it is the way that we felt after that win, how the fan base felt, the emotions that you could feel. And we want to feel that same feeling again, if not more. Full locker room sound looking ahead to Kansas City, available on Jaguars.com. Let's now preview a couple interviews that will run in full on the official Jaguars Podcast Network Saturday morning and then on Countdown to Kickoff on the Jaguars Radio Network. Kevin Harlan has called NFL play-by-play for 38 years. He's been with CBS since the late 90s, and since the early 2000s, he's had Monday Night Football on Westwood One Radio.
He's calling this Jaguars-Chiefs game on Westwood One, and I asked him what kind of impact a Jags win in Kansas City would have around the league. Well, right now, I think everybody loves the Cinderella. We love it in the NCAA tournament. We we don't see it as often maybe in some of the sports that have a seven-game series tied with their sport. And, and so, you know, usually you play seven games, the better team will prevail. But in the NFL and in college football, it's 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 sudden death, right? It's single elimination, and and you are facing that with every game. Listen, last year in the AFC Championship game, the Chiefs had a sizable lead at halftime, and all they had to do was hang on. And Cincinnati and Joe Burrow came back and stunned them. The record for road teams in the playoffs is not as lopsided as you would think on one side. It, it's a pretty level playing field, actually. It, it's it's very close to 500. And, and, and so I think that gives teams like the Bengals last year hope that they don't blink, they continue to go. And why would the Jaguars blink? They just played the Chiefs this season. They know what they can do. They, 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 they've handled it. They, they know exactly what they're going to face. They were down by a ton this past weekend in the playoffs and the first time they've been there in a while. They handled that. I just think that that right now, most knowledgeable people in the league know that on any game and in any location that anybody can win, and it is not a certainty. So the heavy money was toward the Chiefs last year against the Bengals. Cincinnati came from a double-digit deficit and won in the AFC Championship game. And um, we saw San Francisco almost do it in Los Angeles in the NFC Championship game last year against the Rams. Here we are at the divisional phase. Uh, there's no doubt that that uh, anything can happen. I don't think a lot of people gave the Giants a, a, a great deal of hope going to Minnesota last week against a 13-win Viking team. I'm confident that we'll see a quality game. I don't think that, that it'll be too big for the Jaguars at all. Listen, you're talking about a quarterback that is a national championship quarterback. He he played college. He knows exactly what he's getting into. And uh, I think that's when they they shine their brightest, as we saw last week. And I think we'll see this week uh, at Saturday in Kansas City. Also on the call Saturday, Mike Tirico of NBC Sports. We visited ahead of the Hall of Fame game in Canton back in August. I asked him this week about the connection between Chiefs coach Andy Reid and Jags coach Doug Peterson. It's the best. You know, it's one thing. Yeah, you know, this guy played for him. He coached on his staff. That's cool. It's great. This is so real. And I'll tell you why I think it's more real than most of these uh, nice stories, JP. When you think about it, Andy Reid became a head coach in the NFL for the first time. Who did he trust to be his quarterback and to get his system going? Doug Peterson. Andy Reid comes to Kansas City. Who's the one guy and all the assistants he had through all those places? Who's the one guy he trusted to be the offensive coordinator? Doug Peterson. So the most important positions for a head coach when you talk about offense, quarterback, offensive coordinator, both times Andy Reid's gotten a head coaching job, he's chosen Doug Peterson. And you think Andy Reid's good? He's top five all-time in wins in the history of the league. Guy knows what he's doing. So to me, it's 23, 24 years of a relationship, but it's also a long-term trust pattern that is similar when you look at each guy for how they treat their players, how they go about their job, and what their teams do on the field. It it's one of the better teacher-pupil deals that we've had in quite some time. Hey, Mike, this is the kind of the front end of what could be a golden era of quarterback play in the NFL. And yeah. all these guys in the playoffs are 29 years old or younger, all eight of them. And it feels like Patrick Mahomes is about 40 years old already, but he's he's 27. <laughs> right, right, right. He's not going away anytime soon. 
No, I'm I'm worried that Patrick's going to be able to make it through the game at his advanced age. You know, I, I hope I hope that they're able to kind of go easy and uh, be able to hand the ball off because I don't think he can make it four quarters as the old guy. Yeah, I started looking. It's the first time in 20 years we've gotten to this point. We always say divisional weekend is the best weekend of the year. The best teams end up here, right? You either had to win your division or win a playoff game. No flukes get here. Well, when you look around this weekend, for the last 20 years, we've had Manning or Rodgers or Brady. And this is the first time we have none of them. So we know this generation has arrived and is coming. And this weekend is symbolic to me because this generation is now taken over the stage. And Mahomes is great in so many ways, an MVP this year in all likelihood. And what you saw in Trevor's second rookie year this year was a guy who is figuring it out and learning like Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert, who you guys saw in person in the first half, looked great. I mean, man, we are very fortunate in the AFC. We're going to have some really, really good football with some terrific young quarterbacks for many years to come. Mike Tarico with us. Final thought here with you. There's been some talk this week, a lot of comparisons about the 96 Jaguars around here, right? Uh-huh. The way oh, they yeah. rallied oh, back yeah. and all that. But if they are able to pull this off in Kansas City, the 96 team, right, went to Denver. That was the first time I think Denver had to defend in a long time. First time they were a number one seed and had to defend. Right. They go up there and beat them, right? Uh, right? Then they won the Super Bowls after that. This Kansas City team's been here before. They know what it's like oh, to yeah. be a number one seed in the divisional round and defend Arrowhead. What kind of ripples would this send around the NFL if oh. the Jaguars can pull this off? Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I just remember I remember the, the game, you know, when we go back to Doug Marone taking the team to the conference championship game. And, and that second game against Pittsburgh, that was like, because the first game against Buffalo was one of the worst playoff games. So the Marabat playoff game, they're ugly, they're good, you win them. But it was one of the worst games you'll ever see in the playoffs. And there was no way this team was going to go back and win. And that Pittsburgh game was a wow. And we were all still like, pinch me, is this real in the third quarter of the game in Foxborough the next weekend? So it can be done. It, I, I was thinking about the Jaguars championship game appearances. The, and, and you look back at the three, and what's the common thread? Man, there were teams that had a, a real tight confidence with the group and a grit to them that, yeah, you know, you're Jacksonville. You're not one of the longtime powers of the league. The other team in this big venue where we're so dominant, it'll take over. Never happens. I, I don't know what it is. They're all different teams, all different areas, different coaches, obviously, with Coughlin, Marone, a couple of Syracuse alums I'll point out real quick. And now, Doug, and you, at least you have a, a Syracuse guy on this team with Andre Cisco, so it'll count for the thread through it all. But you know what? There's something about the Jaguars when they get in the playoffs that there's a belief. And I love that about this team and this franchise. And I know they're playing with quote house money, but this is a dangerous team to have all all the cards in their hand and deal them all out. So I'm excited for them. If they would come in here and knock the Chiefs out and deny them for a fifth straight appearance in the AFC Championship game, it'll be one of the uh, great upsets to follow one of the great comebacks. Uh, in NFL playoff history. Be, and 
I wouldn't put it past past this team to have it happen. This is that kind of group right now. Again, the full conversations with Kevin Harlan and Mike Tirico on the official Jaguars Podcast Network Saturday, and again on Countdown to Kickoff at 3.30 on the Jaguars Radio Network. Let's close the week with Jags head coach Doug Peterson from his weekly radio show Thursday night and his final thoughts about the matchup with the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, obviously it starts, you know, it starts with Andy um, and obviously Pat Mahomes and and. And really, you know, Eric Bieniemy's done a great job when I was there, when I was a coordinator in the run game and protections and, and really opening up some lanes for their running game. And even though they don't run the ball a whole lot, it's effective. Um, but Andy's just a, he's a tremendous – gosh, he's a tremendous play caller. He studies the game. He'll, 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 he'll understand your, your strengths and weaknesses, your tendencies, you know, and, and he'll, he'll, find, he'll find that niche. And when he does, um, you better make an adjustment in a hurry um, because – He'll keep he'll keep nipping at it and, and, and attacking it and you know and also I think with Andy Reid too is he really doesn't care what the defense does it's all about his offense and and that was the mindset we had when I was with him in Philadelphia and the places I've been in Green Bay and and the such that he just you know if, if they're executing on offense you know let's just outscore our opponents and uh, and try to win the game that way yeah play calling aside sometimes the play doesn't work as designed and that's where I think Patrick Mahomes becomes special where you get what we call the off-schedule plays, scramble rules. That's where he really just thrives. He does, and he's he's the best at it. He's it's hard for any defense to get him on the ground. It's rare, um, and when he does scramble, you know our our back end has got to be on that you know plaster technique as we call it, and they got to attach themselves to the receivers and and try not to uh, um, you know give them too many open receivers down the field and. And we were able to create an interception last time, you know, on a scramble type situation. Cisco had a great pick right there, and and uh, in the second half. So those are the things that you got to do to put yourself in a position to try to win this game. Quick thought about the defense for the Chiefs: Chris Jones, first team All Pro, fifteen and a half sacks, seventeen tackles for loss. Of course, you guys saw him in Week Ten. What kind of handful is he? I mean, you know, we talk a lot about Pat Mahomes and the offense that they have, but 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 Chris Jones and. Um, you know, just a uh, probably the best D tackle that we will see all season, and we we've played some really good ones this year. They, you know, Frank Clark's another one that can can you know is an edge rusher, and uh, Dunlap's another big, tall, lanky guy who's really energized his career and by being in Kansas City. So they've got a really good front that we gotta we've got to attest to. And you know, going into the first game. Um, you know, we came away actually from the first game saying that their linebackers are really good. They're downhill, fast flow guys, and and they're smart guys. So this is, and they're young in the secondary, which is good for them. Um, so solid defense, but but it starts with it starts with Chris and and uh, being able to block him and, and and knowing where he is, keeping four hands on him, you know, at all times if possible, and uh, you know, trying to trying to you know slow him at the line of scrimmage is is uh, easier said than done. The Doug Peterson Show airs Thursdays at five on the Jaguars Radio Network. That'll do it for this week. We're ready for the AFC Divisional Playoff Game. The Jacksonville Jaguars and the Kansas City Chiefs. We're on the air in Jacksonville at 1.30 Saturday with a Publix tailgate show. At 3.30, it's countdown to kickoff on the Jaguars radio network. And, of course, kickoff at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City, set for 4.30 Eastern. Enjoy the weekend, and thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast, presented by TIAA Bank.